This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is shrine and its fans delay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Kim. And this season, in season three, I want to talk about stadiums. You know, I've talked a lot about stadiums as like shrines and churches and like the special venue. And this episode, or this season rather, I want to focus more on the travel aspect of going to soccer games. Uh, Especially for myself as an international fan or as a Canadian fan and going to other countries and other cities to watch soccer. I want to talk about that experience. But not just about that experience, but also things to expect when you go to those kind of cities. And for this season, I decided to pick the cities that I've, that I've personally visited. So for this season, the cities I want to talk about are Buenos Aires in Argentina, Madrid in Spain, Vancouver in Canada. And for today's episode, I want to talk about London in obviously in the United Kingdom or in England. And these are places that I visited personally. And I want to mix in not just about the soccer experience, but I also want to talk about what the city is like and what you could do in this city and why why I went to those cities, essentially. So I won't go into the details of how the stadium looks like. I mean, you could just Google that yourself and see it for yourself. But I'll tell you the impression I got when I've seen these stadiums. If I've attended games in those stadiums, I'll give you the impression of that as well. I talk about things you could do in those cities, but also above all talk about the stadiums and the clubs that occupy that city so for every city i'll talk about every professional club in the first division in those respective cities so for today's episode uh we'll be talking about london and since i've been talking about clubs i'll be specifically talking about you know the big london clubs in the premier league you know arsenal chelsea tottenham west ham crystal palace fulham and I'll also talk uh briefly about wembley no club plays in wembley but we'll get to that Everybody knows London. London is probably one of the most famous cities, if not the most famous city in the world. Perhaps second to Paris. I mean, the numbers say Paris is the most visited international city in the world. But anyway, London is, if you're a soccer fan, London is the place to be. If you're a fan of British punk rock, London is the place to be. If you're a fan of British grime music, London is the place to be. London's an amazing city. I went there a few years ago and it's left a serious impression on me. But it is expensive as fuck. So if ever you're planning on going to London, just anticipate the fact that it's very expensive. But in the context of soccer, London is sort of the, the mecca of the soccer world because you have all these great Premier League clubs that are in London in of itself. And almost every single professional player wants to play for one of these clubs. I mean, notably Arsenal, Chelsea, and now even Tottenham are in our conversation of like great, great, great British football clubs. And because it's such a wide variety of clubs in London, I think one of the fun things to do is if you're neutral, which club would you support in London if you decided to go to London? Or if you decided to watch Premier League football as a whole? And if you do watch British football, or not just even Premier League football, just, you know, English soccer in general, are you going to go with a Premier League club or are you going to go with uh, what's affordable? So not necessarily a Premier League club. So as I said earlier, I'll be considering the stadium, the location of the stadium, uh, or location just the city as a whole and things to do around the city but I also talk about uh, ticket prices and there's one thing I need to disclaim for the rest of the season I'll probably bring it up again in the other episodes but uh, this disclaimer is important for pretty much all Premier League clubs you can buy non-member tickets only after tickets have been sold to members 
So members have access to ticket purchases a few days before non-members, and after that period, it's open to the public. Meaning, if you're not a member of that club, you're getting last dibs on the tickets. And if it's a big game, uh, the tickets will be sold out before it goes to general admission. So your best way to get Premier League tickets is if you know someone's a member of the club or if you go through, or you go through third-party websites like StubHub or something like that and you find tickets on those websites. Oftentimes you can find those, but they're kind of hard if not very expensive. So that's important to know. Or another way to bypass all that, that some clubs offer like this hospitality tickets. Uh, I mean, different clubs have different names for it, but basically is if you buy a full package of like thousands of dollars, it could be 700 to like upwards to like two, $3,000 that I've seen. And that package includes the restaurant inside the stadium, the specific seats that are very good. If there's a tunnel, you could probably, I know in Manchester City, there's like the window that looks into the t- player's tunnel. If you buy one of those tickets, you have, you might have access to something like that or to all these extra things you'll get. But it's a lot of money. And I I don't know if it's entirely expensive, but if you can afford that, you know, live your life. And also one last disclaimer, the ticket prices I'm giving to you because of the COVID pandemic, I'll be giving you ticket prices from 2019 and the, from the 2019 and 2020 season. Because obviously right now, if I look up tickets for Premier League clubs right now, it's almost impossible or they can't give you exact numbers because, you know, of the COVID pandemic and the lockdown and everything. So I'm giving you ticket prices from a season or two seasons prior. Okay, so let's kick it off with Arsenal. I'm not going to go into the history of every club, obviously, but I just want to you know give you the information that if you are traveling to London, these are things that you ought to know. So for Arsenal, they play at the Emirates Stadium. Capacity, 60,000 people. It's located in Highbury Houses in North London. And to get there by public transit, you get off at the underground stations of Arsenal, Holloway Road, or Finsbury Park. I remember taking a train from Scotland to London, and we rode past the Emirates Stadium. It was kind of cool. It's, it's really big, and it's very um, it stands out, definitely. But despite all this, everyone who knows about Arsenal knows that they're an underachieving team, and for an underachieving team, they have the highest season ticket prices in the Premier League. It's kind of like, they're like the Toronto Maple Leafs of London, meaning that they're a highly rated club with you know with a decent history, but they haven't won recently, and they're way overpriced. That's sort of the vibe that people complain about. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find tickets. I tried. It was impossible. It. Uh, I remember it was in 2016. It was a game against Wolves at home. And this is before Wolves were great. This is when Wolves were on the up. And in other words, this was an average game. Yet it was sold out and no chance of getting tickets. And then when I think back retrospectively, if I had found tickets in person, if I went to the stadium and asked around, I probably would have found tickets. But uh, it was a lot of trouble and I didn't feel like doing that. So to reiterate, you can only buy public tickets after it's been sold to the membership, right? And the cheapest ticket prices I found was ranged from 18 pounds to the most expensive selling at 100 pounds depending on seat location and those are ticket prices that are available to the uh to the public things have definitely changed by now but you know and to give you an idea the season ticket of an of for arsenal so a season ticket for arsenal is t- is 2000 pounds it's the most expensive i think at that time maybe things have changed but i remember it being the most expensive season ticket in the premier league for a club that barely wins, so it's kind of like, uh But anyway, uh, I don't hate Arsenal, but it's just, you know, it's too bad that the economics work out that way. Alright, so Arsenal's in North London, like Tottenham, and I visited North London, and there's a lot of, um, 
there's a lot of cool places to, to go visit in North London. Granted, most of the time I was there, I was kind of drunk. I was bar hopping. But anyway, but the places I visited in North London was Camden Market, Pimrose Hill, which gives you a nice, you know, view of the city. It's a little, you know, it's a hill. Regent's Park, again, a nice park. London's King Cross, that's the train station you would usually take to go to other parts of the UK. And that's the train station I arrived in from Scotland. And there's a music hall called Coco, K-O-K-O. That's where I went, that music hall. I went to Coco, but I went there when it was like a club night. And to give you, to paint you a picture of what this place looked like. It was like an old, I remember it as like a, a like a typical London theater that's feel Victorian, but it's not necessarily Victorian, but it's like this old, you know, kind of regal theater. Uh, I, I believe it's, a, it's considered like a historical building. And that night, I think it was a Wednesday night, it was like nightclub night or something. And I went there with uh, friends of mine, and I was completely wasted. All I remember, it was a 30-pound cover charge, 30 pounds to get in. And I asked her, I was like, why is it so expensive? I remember just asking the ticket lady, I was like, why is it so expensive? And she was like, like she was like, dude, look around you. Look how beautiful this thing is. I'm like, oh, fine, fair enough. But anyway, I digress. Um, Coco, that was fun. But yeah, all this to say, North London, interesting. Apparently, it's in the process of gentrification, but you know, where, what part of the world, what part of the Western world isn't in the process of gentrification? All right, next club. I wish I could end that not so abruptly, but there's a lot of info I want to get through. But at the same time, you know, it's Arsenal. What else can I say? You know, it's Arsenal. <laughs> uh, next club, Chelsea. Chelsea Stadium is Stamford Bridge. Uh, capacity is 40,000. And the club or the stadium is found in West London, in Fulham specifically. To get there by public transit, you take the underground and you get off a of Fulham Broadway station. Ticket prices. I was a little surprised. Uh, the average ticket price for Chelsea is £87. That's pretty, it's relatively affordable. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's leading towards a more expensive side. But if you can find a ticket that's about £80, I mean, for Chelsea, for a club that will most likely win, has a higher chance of winning over Arsenal, uh, you know, that sounds pretty good. And their season ticket ticket prices is nearly half of Arsenal's, uh, which is at a thousand two hundred pounds. A thousand two hundred pounds for Chelsea season ticket. That's pretty decent for a club like Chelsea. Pretty decent. I never been that far west of the city of London, um, but when I was in London, I rented an Airbnb in Pimlico, P I M L I C O Pimlico Pimlico. Yeah, no, they said a Pimlico. Oh, the British have different ways of saying things. It's a nice part of town that isn't too far from Stamford Bridge, and it's not too far from Westminster, Westminster Abbey. It's about a 30-minute walk. And uh, West London has this reputation of being a posh part of town where you find a lot of celebrities living in that part of town. Apparently, there's like a really nice supermarket, or not supermarket, a really nice, uh, what's that, shopping mall uh, or department store in that part of town, in that part of uh, London that's super nice and bougie. i never been. Uh, granted, at the time when I was there, I was just like a... I was just like a hoodlum, so I don't think I was. I don't think it would have been safe if I went there by myself, or I would probably they would probably would have kicked me out. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just talking shit. Anyway, uh, I do want to share a story though about Chelsea and that part. Uh, I have a friend who used to work in Chelsea. She used to live in London, and well, Chelsea is also the name of of a part of town in West London, and she used to work at the shoe store. And while working there, she met David Beckham and Hugh Laurie. That's pretty cool. She. Uh, she actually got to speak to David Beckham and he was in there to buy shoes for his daughter. And, she, you know, my friend was the one that was, you know, she was working the floor and she got to speak to him. And I was like, oh, pretty cool. All right. So for our next club, we're going back to the north of the city, back to North London. 
Arsenal's white rival, Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, Tottenham Stadium was just renovated almost two years ago. Uh, it was called White Hart Lane when I think it was only about thirty to 40,000 people could sit in it. Now it's called the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And and this new stadium is beautiful. It's state-of-the-art. It could turn into an NFL pitch over like in a couple of hours. It's it's like, it's like it's really cool. It's like the latest technology of stadiums. And this one could hold 63,000 people. And I've never been there. I've never seen it. Although White Hart Lane, before the renovations, the old stadium, used to look like any typical old school Premier League stadiums. I remember watching that stadium on TV and thinking to myself, this is a really old stadium. There's like pillars in the middle of like the stands. And I would hate to be the guy that sits behind that pillar. It was just like really randomly placed. But anyway, uh, to get to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, by public transit, you'd have to get off a of White Hart Lane, Northumberland Park, and Seven Sisters. Seven Sisters. That sounds like a brand. That's a pretty cool name for a metro station. And the ticket prices are £81. And the season tickets, surprisingly, I was kind of surprised how expensive they are. It's 1800 well, pretty much £1,900. It would kind of make sense that their season ticket prices are that expensive because they invested so much money into the stadium. Uh, Tottenham is redefining itself as not just a working-class club, but but they're trying to redefine themselves as a super club, a club that could attract the top talents around the world. And it's getting there with Jose Mourinho as coach and Gareth Bale coming back. It's going to get there. I've never been that far out of uh, of the London, London city center. Like this part of North London, it's, you know, it's pretty far out. It seems like a different city. But the one thing I did learn in some research is that Tottenham is predominantly Jewish, as a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. And I wonder if they have good bagels out there. Uh, as a Montrealer, Jewish neighborhood equals good bagels. So I hope they have good bagels out there. Or maybe I'm being stereotypical. Who knows? But all I know is that Tom Hardy is the <laughs> Tom Hardy narrates the Tottenham Hotspurs All or Nothing a series on Amazon Prime. And funny enough, Tom Hardy played a Jewish gangster from North London in uh, Peaky Blinders. So I don't know. So some overlap. Maybe because maybe because Tom Hardy is from North London. I don't know. So now we're going from north to south, to the south of London, and we're going to Selhurst Park, also known as the home of Crystal Palace. Selhurst Park is the stadium name, 25,000 people could sit in it. That stadium is, to me, it looks like every Premier League stadium that I've watched on TV growing up. It's it's I, I like the way it looks. It has a gate in the front, and it's just an old-school vibe. I really love those old-school vibes of stadiums, and that's what Crystal Palace comes off as. And to get there by uh, public transit, you have to get off at Thornton Heath, Selhurst, or Norwood Junction. I don't remember if these are underground stations or they're like a different train system uh, that you'll have to look into. But those are the three stations you want to look out for if you are headed towards the Crystal Palace game. And for ticket prices, average ticket price are £45, super affordable. And season ticket prices are £740, but it makes sense for a club like Crystal Palace. You don't expect them to be competing in the top five, but you won't be disappointed with the games that they have because as long as Wilfred Zaha is there, I think you'll have a good time. Uh, the stadium is a 40-minute walk from Crystal Palace Park. So the club has its name, uh, Crystal Palace, from that Crystal Palace structure that was built in a park in the Victorian times. I think it got destroyed in the Blitz in World War II. I could be, mis- be mistaken with that. But all I remember was that it was called Crystal Palace because there was like this huge greenhouse-looking thing. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like this old-school Victorian greenhouse 
palace, I suppose, and that's where the club gets its name from. That is, it may not sound inspiring, but you know,、uh, I think that's a fact. <laughs> like Tottenham, I never ventured that far south of London. The furthest south of London I traveled to was Borough Market and、uh, Elephant and Castle. That was as far as I went. What I've been told while there is that this part of London. It's relatively new buildings. All the buildings are relatively new, so it's a lot of gray and brutalist、uh, architecture in this part of town. And it had to do with had to do with the fact that the Germans apparently blew it to shit, just like bombed the crap out of South London, and so all this is why you get newish buildings in this part of town. It's a fun. I don't know if that's a fun fact, but that's I guess a fact.、Uh, if you're interested in history, I'm a huge fan of history, so I'll be bringing these up、uh, throughout the season. And then we're going back to West London, back to Fulham, except not with Chelsea, but to, we're going back to Craven Cottage,、uh, to Fulham Football Club, which is in another London club in in the West, I guess in the suburbs, if you will. Their venue is Craven Cottage, nineteen thousand people. Craven Cottage again, it's another stadium that's just like an old school Premier League stadium. Craven Cottage doesn't sound intimidating as a name. I mean, it just sounds like a really fancy cottage up north, <laughs> like up north in Quebec. But yeah, anyway. That's the name they settled with. If you want to get there by public transit, you get off at Putney Bridge or Hammersmith. Hammersmith, what a great name! It's like that's where Thor lives or something. And ticket prices are thirty-five pounds, and season ticket prices are three hundred forty pounds. We're getting cheaper here, people. Cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. But there's something to say that obviously, like any sport, ticket prices often reflect the quality of. The gameplay that you might anticipate is that fair to say? I don't think so because you never know. You might buy that thirty-five pound ticket and Fulham might win four nil against a half decent team. You know, you never know. And again, I haven't been this far out, but it is next to the Thames River. That's yeah, that's how they say the Thames River, and it's also a thirty-minute walk from Stamford Bridge. <laughs> so the other point of interest for Crape for Fulham is another Premier League stadium, <laughs> Stamford Bridge. In terms of clubs, I'm gonna end it with West Ham because that's the that's the club that I've went to go watch. I didn't go I didn't go to London to purposefully purposefully watch West Ham play. Actually, I actually went into London just to experience London as a city, but also catch any Premier League game that was available. Tottenham were playing away. Tottenham were playing Liverpool away, so that was out of the question. Arsenal was playing Wolves. But tickets were sold out. So it was either West Ham or Crystal Palace had to choose. I didn't feel like watching Crystal Palace game, and I didn't. You know, I don't know. Something about the club didn't resonate with me. But West Ham, I had more exposure to West Ham. I knew who they were as a club, and I decided to go and watch the game. But before I get to my experience, let me just break it down all the details that you ought to know. the The games are held in London Stadium. I think it's yeah, it's a sixty k capacity. And it's in Stratford, London, in East London, and it's right next to a mall.、Uh, if you want to get there by public public transit, you could take the underground, or I think another train system. I forget what it's called. That you could get there. You could. You have to get off at Stratford Station or Stratford International Station. And where I was staying at at Pimlico, that took me about forty thirty minutes to forty five minute、uh, tube ride. So that's going from west to east London. Ticket prices average ninety five pounds, and the season ticket prices are pretty much nine hundred pounds. Which, again, maybe for a single ticket price of ninety five pounds for a West Ham game, ticket prices are ninety five pounds, and se- season ticket prices are about nine hundred pounds. For a club like West Ham, that's pretty good or not bad. 
I mean, considering now that they're in fourth place and they're doing really well this season in the 2021 season, 2020 and 2021 season, West Ham's doing pretty decent. But these are season ticket prices from 2019 when they were just like in a transition period, a rebuilding period. So if West Ham were to stay in fourth place and be consistent in fourth place for the next five years, the ticket prices will definitely go up. But if they do stay the same, it's pretty good ticket prices to watch West Ham. And next to the London Stadium, there's a huge shopping mall next to the stadium called Westfield Stratford City Shopping Mall. Honestly, I went in there. I wanted to. I wanted to go eat lunch in there before going to the game. It's really just a generic shopping mall you can find in any Western city. Not even any Western city. I was in Nairobi and I saw a mall that was kind of like that. Another fun fact: so the stadium was host to the London Olympics in 2012. After the summer games, Tottenham and West Ham were competing to have the venue as a permanent home, and it made more sense that West Ham would get would get the stadium. They moved from the bowling ground or. Is it Upton Park? I always forget. Yeah, it's Upton Park. They moved from Upton Park to the London Stadium. And it makes sense because they are an East London club. Despite the fact that they have the word West in their name, they are in East London. So they're the Western part of East London. That's what I've that's what I've gathered. And for Tottenham to go this down east would not have made sense since the majority of the fan base is in that part of North London. So why go to East London, right? So it made sense that West Ham gets in London Stadium. But anyway, um, when I went to go watch this West Ham game, I got an amazing, not not a deal, I just found an amazing ticket. For £45, I was row 16, so I was really close to the pitch. It was amazing. I remember I remember being really giddy and excited and being like, oh my god, this is the first time I'm going to Premier League game. I got out, I got out the tube, went to the mall, got some tweet, then I walked to the stadium, and I'm just shoulder to shoulder with like thousands and thousands of just... East London locals, all of them with like this, you know, East London accents and all being excited, all kind of drunk. And it was just like, it was a really cool vibe. I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is a Premier League game. Holy shit. I go into the stadium. I get a pint of beer for, uh, what, four pounds, five pounds or something like that, which is like, I guess an average price for any beer. And in North America, obviously, once you buy food or drinks, especially when you buy like alcohol, you could bring it into the grounds. You could bring it into the stands and drink alcohol while watching the game. But in in London, in West Ham, they did not allow you to do that. I was about to walk into the stadium where the security stopped me saying, sir, you have to finish your drink before you go into the stadium. So when you go into your seats and I was like, oh, OK, to me, it makes sense with the country's history of hooliganism. They don't want people drinking in the stadium with all the emotions flaring up. It, it all makes sense. So I chugged that beer. <laughs> I chugged like this, this red ale called like the hammer ale, which the club makes themselves. It was pretty good. I, I chugged it. I sat there pretty buzzed and I was ready to go. I watched a, a really entertaining game. It ended 2-2. West Ham was playing West Brom. And I remember Lanzini's first goal. That was incredible. It was outside the box with his weaker foot. He cut in, shoots, bottom uh, bottom left or bottom right. It was just bottom corner. And it was, happened in front of me. And I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. The game was going well. But it was just funny to hear people's reactions because <laughs> it was like kind of self-deprecating. And it was always like really angry. They're like, oh, we're fucking shite. We're fucking shite. Like everyone's like upset. They're, every time someone... Uh, <laughs> The man next to me kept screaming at uh, Faguli. He's like this Algerian player. 
and he just kept getting mad at me. I was like, for girly, for Christ's sakes, go up the field, go up the field. He's like, oh, you're shit, get off the field, get off the field. And I was like, oh my God. Um, but it was hilarious. I remember Aaron Cresswell, Mikel Antonio, Slavin Bilic was a coach. And I remember seeing on the other side of the pitch, just screaming and pointing at people. And it was really cool. A full, like whatever I saw on TV was happening in front of me. So it was, you know, it was pretty wild. And the majority of fans that were surrounding me were mostly middle-aged people who've had season tickets for, like, their entire lives. Like, almost everyone around me. I think I brought the average age down from, like, 45 to 30. Like, it was much. It was an older crowd, which I didn't mind because you could tell that these people have been going to these games every weekend for the last 20, 30 years. It's very communal. And I was the only Asian guy that I've seen. The only Asian person that I've seen in the stadium was, was an Indian man, was a Sikh man. And that's it. Everyone else was white. And, and you know, part of me was a little worried about that. But then I realized that no one gives a shit. Like, no one cares. When I was there, that no one cared I was Asian. No one cared. They just saw me. I was like, okay, there's a tourist checking out a West Ham game. They don't see that often. But they're like, oh, whatever. Who cares? And everyone was really nice to me. I've... Everyone was really nice to me. People sitting to my left and right were talking to me and were, you know, were having a conversation. When we celebrated, I celebrated with complete strangers, hugging them, high-fiving them. It was, it was so much fun. I loved that. That was, that was a really great experience. And what made it even more fun was that I saw the fights brewing in the stadium and it spilled over to outside. That was nuts. It was um, on the other side of the pitch, there's the away section of West Brom fans. And around the West Brom fans, they have like these five seat buffers around them so that they could separate them from the rest of the fans. And I remember West Brom scored the equalizing goal at like the 93rd minute to make it 2 2. And I remember Tom Carroll, he was playing for West Ham and he failed to mark the guy who scored the goal off a corner kick. I remember just like yesterday. And I remember all the guys around me was like, Oh, Tom Carroll, this fucking Welsh guy. We need to get rid of him. They didn't say guy. They used another word. And they were like, we got to get rid of him. He's slow. He's old. Why is he still playing here? You know, they're all complaining. And uh, I was laughing because I was like, oh, man, this is very British. (laughs) And what made it so amazing was that when West Brom scored, you could see the away fans looking towards the West Ham fans and like taunting them and making fun of them. And I see the West Ham fans are trying to jump over the barriers and trying to jump over those five-seat buffers to get to those West Brom fans to fight. He's trying to jump over while the security's pulling him back. I remember seeing this from across the stadium, and I was laughing my ass off. I'm like, this is incredible. Holy crap. And the game ends. Uh, I leave the... You know, I leave the stadium and there's like a just the air, <laughs> the air of disappointment just hung over the entire, like just the entire area. All the fans were just really upset that they let go a 2-1 lead and to equalize 2-2 at the final minute. All this to say, it's, I got everything that I wanted out of a Premier League game. Uh, disappointments, drunken fans, people who want to fight in the stadium, people who want to fight outside the stadium. But it was fun. I wouldn't replace it for the world. And I paid all that with 45 pounds on StubHub. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm really, I'm really incredibly happy and grateful that I've got to have that kind of experience. All right. So now, enough of clubs. Let's move on to something a little more different. And let's end this on Wembley, Wembley Stadium. So everyone who knows about British football or knows anything about football understands that Wembley is the mecca of soccer not just of british soccer but just in soccer general wembley stadium is one of those iconic stadiums that only big games happen there so for those who don't know 
no club plays at Wembley permanently as a home. The only team that plays at Wembley is the English national team. That's their official home. Which is kind of cool that they have a stadium designated just for the, the national team. So Wembley, uh, the current uh, the current version of it, because the older one was renovated into what it is today. So Wembley today could hold 90,000 people. It's in the northwest of the city. In terms of public transit, you have to get off of Wembley Park, Stadium Station, and Central. Those are the name of the stations. Ticket prices will vary on match. It's hard to find ticket prices specifically, but what I did find on the FA website, it explains the fluctuation of prices depending on the games. So whether it's a League Cup, FA Cup, Friendlies, or Euros. If we're considering only League Cup, FA Cup, and Friendlies, tickets go from £35 to £100. So if you're going to Wembley to watch an EFL Cup, uh, FA Cup, or a friendly match, tickets could go from 35 to 100 pounds. On the FA official website, they warned that the tickets sell out quick and are often hard to come by, just like the clubs. It's For English soccer fans, Wembley is, is truly a sacred place. I remember seeing a sign, if you do a stadium tour, which I haven't done, and that's my biggest regret not to do a stadium tour of Wembley, if you go out to the pitch, you can't actually step on the pitch, but there's like a sign There's a chain link that prevents you from going to the field. And there's a sign saying this is uh, sacred grounds. I think it's something to that effect saying this is sacred grounds. Which someone who studies religion, that's a very big deal for anyone to say. Because you know they mean it when they put that sign. They didn't do it just for fun. Because they really do mean that this is is the stadium when England won won its first World Cup. So for them, Wembley is a very special place. And they also, Pele called the stadium the Cathedral of Football. I mean, again, it's this overlay of so much religious lore and and symbolism and for me it's you know when you think of Wembley it's you hear the history you hear how players English players talk about Wembley they're like this is this is it's the Madison Square Garden of of England in that in that sense that everybody wants to play there because they understand what it means to play there and that if you do play at Wembley that means that you've done something very well for yourself in your career it's a benchmark because if you play at Wembley, it really does mean that the country is watching you. Not just the country, but the world is watching you. Wembley is that kind of special place. And for those who may not know much about soccer, but it's also the site of concerts like uh, Live Aid. You know, if everyone's watched that, that movie about Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, if you watch that film, it ends at the Live Aid concert. When, I, can't, I guess when it came out, there's rerun. And it's considered that was Queen's greatest live performance was that Live Aid concert. And that Live Aid concert was at Wembley. Other things that happened at Wembley for the real soccer fans and for Colombian soccer fans, there's the Rene Higuita scorpion kick. It's Oh my God, I remember watching this as a kid on YouTube. He's a goalie for those who don't know. And he had the audacity of kicking a ball out like a scorpion kick. Just, just YouTube scorpion kick. If you see a guy with like really long frizzy... Uh, black hair, yeah, that's the right video. If it looks like it's from the 80s, that's the right video. That, an, uh, I tried doing that myself and it's a lot of fun, but don't do that in a real game. Everyone's going to hate you. All right, so that's it. So those are, all, those are all the football stadiums that you can go watch and see and experience in London. Not just stadiums, but clubs as well. Also, reminder, if you go to London and the team that you want to watch isn't playing at home, you know, maybe decide to go check out the stadium. I like to go see stadiums because at least it's a vibe. Whether you pay for the tour or not, that's obviously up to you. But at least, you know, go see the facade, see what it's like, you know. Because you never know when's the next time you get to get to go see that. 
But also, you're in London, man. There's so much more than just football and Buckingham Palace. This is the heart of the largest empire on earth, or once upon a time. To give you an idea, the museums are free in the UK. Whether you're in Scotland, Wales, or England, the, the, the stadiums are free. If you go to certain museums, you're going to see signs that these are their collection that they've collected throughout the world. And keep in mind that this was the largest empire on earth, so collected means something else. <laughs> they stole it. Anyway, my only advice to London is the same advice when going to New York. Get lost and have fun. New York and London are very similar in that sense, that every corner there'll be something niche and something cool to explore. We were about to go to a speakeasy bar that used to be a public bathroom. Yeah, it sounds weird. This bar was like in the middle of some sort of intersection. It was like an island in the middle of an intersection and the bathroom was downstairs in the bath, like underground. We couldn't go because it was full, but you know, you could find gems like that throughout London. It's a lot of fun. Don't ask you for the name because I forgot and I was drunk when we stumbled on it. But yeah, all this to say, London's dope. It's nice. I want to go back. Uh, it's very expensive. That's just a heads up. If you had one city to visit and you are on a budget, if you have one city in the UK to visit and you're on a budget, I perhaps would not suggest London. I would suggest going to like Scotland if that's the case or maybe to Wales i never been to Wales, but I really want to go. But anyway, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. So this is today's episode. Uh, for today's episode, all the facts that I found, all the numbers that I've uh, found for ticket prices was on statista.com, S-T-A-T-I-S-T-A.com. It was a really good tool to look at ticket prices on or the average ticket prices for different clubs. It really helped me. So, you know, check that out. And yeah, so today's episode was, again, I'm giving you sort of a profile of each cl- of a city and also the clubs that are in that city. And I thought it was appropriate to start this season with London because London is sort of, like as I said, the mecca of not just British soccer, but of, of world soccer. And it's because, of the, it's because of England that we have soccer throughout the world. So I thought, why not start at the source of it all? Anyway, all this to say, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Next episode, I'll be going somewhere completely different to Buenos Aires, Argentina. I was there for, um, oh, that's a story for another time. But I'll talk about that in episode two. But anyway, so everyone for listening, thank you, thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting uh, supporting me by listening. Don't forget to subscribe or sh- and share this podcast on uh, Instagram. You can, find us in, you can find this podcast on any kind of podcast streaming platform. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, what have you. So once again, thanks for listening. My name is Jason Kim, and this is Soccer Pillow. Thank you.